0: Hello, and welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast, where we share tips, tricks, and hacks on how to practice gratitude daily. Whether you're a gratitude guru or you've lost your gratitude journal once again, we've got you covered. We share personal and authentic stories from our guests who are entrepreneurs, business professionals, parents, caregivers, and everyday human beings just like you and I. I'm your host, Julie Boyer, and I'm an intuitive business and health coach And I'm here to inspire you to choose to wake up with gratitude every single day. Hi, friends. Welcome to part two of my interview with Nancy Davis Coe. Now, if you're just tuning in for this episode, you can listen to it all on its own. It stands by itself. However, if you want to have more fun, more laughs, and get to know Nancy and I a little bit better, I recommend you go back to episode 126, the episode right before this, to hear part one of our interview. Now, Nancy Davis Coe, as I mentioned, is the author of a book called The Thank You Project, Cultivating Happiness, One Letter of Gratitude at a Time. And this is really where we're going to spend a lot of our time in this episode. We're going to talk about how gratitude and forgiveness can exist at the same time and really explaining and understanding something called a negative recall bias and a positive recall bias. Nancy is well-educated around the science behind gratitude as well. So she brings a lot of that into our interview. I'm so excited to continue my interview with Nancy Davis Cote. I have one quick ask before we get into this episode. Have you had a chance to leave a review of the podcast yet? If you've been enjoying the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast, it would make a huge difference if you took just a moment and shared your review on your favorite app. What it does is it helps other people to find the podcast and for them to get connected to this beautiful community of grateful people, inspiring interviews, and all the wisdom around gratitude and living a life that's intentional and purposeful. Thank you so much if you've left a review lately, and I promise to share more reviews in upcoming podcast episodes. Okay, let's get into part two with
1: Nancy Davis Co. I just realized I'm wearing the sweater that matches the book cover, so right? if it were a green screen, we would look like we were one. <laughs> we are matching.
0: Um I just want to read, there's something that you said, you know, the ways in which gratitude and forgiveness are deeply intertwined. So tell us kind of where this came from, because that line, when you said gratitude and forgiveness are intertwined and being able to look back, like you said, to find the lens of the good thing, tell us a little bit about how this idea came to you. And then I'm curious about the forgiveness part too.
1: So I was celebrating a milestone birthday in 2016, and I decided I needed to make it a little bit different from just the -the run-of-the-mill birthdays. So I thought I will, um, you know, when you have a birthday that ends in the zero, it makes you a little bit like, okay, what am I going to do? So I thought I would write a thank you letter once a week to someone who had helped, shaped, or inspired me. Those were my three words that I went in. And I did not intend, I certainly did not intend to write a book about it. I didn't intend to exercise forgiveness. I didn't intend to change the way I look at the world around me. I was just going to write some thank you notes. I really had no bigger plan than that. So I started off, I made a list of, uh, um, you know, family, close friends, got to about 20, 22 people on my list. And I was like, I don't even know 50 people. That was my goal to write 50 letters. And I thought, okay, I'm only doing one a week. Maybe I'll meet people by the time it's, you know, I get to number 23. So, I started writing uh, this weekly letter. I started with my mom and dad, and i I would spend the week thinking about the person I was going to write to, right? So, I would just kind of think about what how what are the lessons they've taught me? what are, what are the situations in which they've inspired me? What are times that they help me in a material way? And I thought really deeply about it. And unbeknownst to me, unbeknownst to me should be the the, it should actually be the, the log line of this book, like unbeknownst to me, all the things that I got out of this. But I was training my brain to get better at looking for positive things around me. And it comes down to this notion of negative recall bias and positive recall bias. So positive recall bias is just that tendency to notice the good around you, and negative recall bias is the opposite of that. That's and you wake up every morning and think, okay, what's going to kill me today? Which has been very easy to get stuck in a negative recall bias mindset over the past year, because actually it's a tiny germ you can't see. But um, the, I, the, what researchers have found is, and, and negative recall bias plays an important role. It really is the thing that makes you put your mask on and, you know, not shake hands with somebody who's just coughed into his and gets gets you off the sidewalk when the car's racing toward you. But the problem is if you get stuck there. So what researchers found is that the best way to um, negate the effects of that, you know, what's scary, what's bad, what's going to make me anxious thinking is to improve, enhance your positive recall bias and, and train yourself to look for these good things. So I was doing that every week when I wrote the letters because I was really spending a lot of time thinking about what I would want to include. and. For me, what was important with the gratitude letters was to make it as specific as possible. Like, here's what you did. Here's, the, uh, here's how it affected me. You know, not just you were nice, but you let me borrow your car when I was late for a job interview and I loved that job. And I was so, it was so, I wouldn't have gotten the job if I hadn't made the interview, that kind of thing. You wanted to make it as, I wanted to make it as specific as possible. Also, I did not expect a response from any of the letters. I told myself early on that I was not doing this in order to elicit thank you letters back because nobody had asked me to do this and that was not fair. So I had to just express my gratitude in in the letter, put it in the mail and be done with it. And it was life altering in a really positive way. It snuck up on me. I didn't even realize what was happening as it was happening, but you know, the first letters, family and friends, those were fun to write. I had lots of material. I could think of lots of specifics, but over time it occurred to me that I, and and I should mention that in the book, when I got the book deal, I said to the publisher, I really want to include the science of gratitude here because I, I want to understand why every Friday when I finished writing my letter, I would, I would just have this beautiful exhal- exhalation of like, Peace, you know, I would feel better. I would feel less stressed. I would feel more connected to the people I had written to. And it occurred to me that all that stuff was happening in well I wrote the letters, not when the person acknowledged them. Because even though I had no expectation of acknowledgement, I got it every time I sent a letter. People were really, really pleased to see these. But what I learned in the science is that expressing expressing gratitude and and the mechanism that researchers often use is having people write a gratitude letter. So I had found the number one tool, I think, for people to do this. It comes with a range of physiological and psychological benefits to the expresser of the gratitude. We can talk separately about what it feels like for the recipient, but just expressing the gratitude can lower your blood pressure. It can lower your, um, it, it can make you sleep better. People with asthma can control their asthma better. There's just so much proof that we are kind of wired to work best in the state of gratitude but it's hard to get there sometimes. So in writing the book, I just wanted to give readers a blueprint to learn what I had learned to experience what I experienced and the way it's structured is the first couple of chapters are all about how to get organized, what to put in a letter, kind of how to think about it, but the whole rest of the book is just here's a bunch of kinds of people you might want to write to. And that's I hope where you're talking about the storytelling coming in. I just yeah. I, nobody wants to read my 50 letters. It's not a collection of my 50 letters, but you know, I just was trying to give readers some ideas to get them started, to think about who the equivalent people are in their own lives.
0: Yeah. I, it's interesting. Cause I thought maybe when I first got, it, I was like, Oh, it's just a collection of her letters, but it's really so
1: much more than that. And you, you did keep your letters, right? You, you printed right. them. Yes. As I say, throughout the book, there are no thank you, note police. You don't have to write 50 letters you don't have to write once a week you know i really try to make the reader understand that this is about finding what will work for you and be sustainable and replicable because the key is you want to keep going you want to keep mm-hmm. writing these letters but the one thing i will not bend on is that you have to keep a copy of every letter you write because at the end of your project of however many letters you have this book that's tangible proof of the people on your team and it's proof that you have Faced hardship before, and I the the book came out uh, in December 2019, so right before the pandemic. And I did not write a book that I thought would be a helpful tool during the pandemic, but apparently I did, because I've heard this from readers. um, You know, just reminding yourself that you had help in all these different circumstances is also a reminder that you have faced trouble in all these different circumstances. And you got through it and you'll get through this and this is the group of people and in fact if if i can leave camera for one second i'll show you um because i'm doing this for my home office this is my actual book of the letters that i wrote which is not fancy i went and had it done at a kinko's you know it's just the letters uh are you know have some heft and the thing that's great about them is if you're having a low day which is why i keep them as close as i do I can flip open and read three. There's a letter to my friend in Toronto, for instance, and there is a letter to my high school best friend, you know, and I can just read what what they mean to me. And it's just a really quick way to get yourself back on track, remind yourself of the good people in your life. And I will get to your forgiveness question. I haven't, I haven't forgotten about that. But as I kept going through this, I talked about how The writing of the letters was really where the magic happened. It occurred to me that I could send letters to, uh, or I could write letters and not send them. Yeah. And so we talked about learning through negative example. I have letters in there from, that I wrote to ex-boyfriends and didn't mail. I have a letter to a really terrible boss I had who taught me how to not be a manager based on his behavior. (laughs) Yeah. And I felt great writing those because I, I could look, I could pull the good out, you know, I could see what I had learned and I could kind of give myself props for taking a bad situation and still mining some good out of that. But then I was like, wait, if they don't have to read the letters, I don't have to just write to people. I'm going to write to the cities that have shaped me. I'm going to write to my hobby. You can't see my large cassette tape on the wall um, because it's obliterated by the mic, but you know, I've, I obviously love live music. Uh, so I wrote to the live music industry. Can't really mail that. I wrote to Jane Austen. She's dead. So you can't send a letter to her, but I sure love her books. I love every offshoot of her books. I love the movies. And so the point is through this process to recognize the things that might be hiding in plain sight that make your life better. And if that's a person to let them know that. And, and the well. I'll stop here because that was a that was a word torrent, but I will talk about the forgiveness if you want me to.
0: Well, it's interesting because I actually, so I didn't realize the project, the forgiveness came after. I actually thought that was part of the project in the beginning. So I'm actually really, I've, I learned something that I, I didn't quite understand about how the project was put together. So that's really interesting because I was looking at it as part of the project through forgiveness. And we will get to that one question, but there's just one quick thing I want to mention that you said, and then we'll come back to forgiveness, which is. There's a necessary and fundamental mindset you must achieve to express your gratitude to someone else. You have to admit that you are a person who needs help. Oh, that just, I mean, you just said it there. It's like you're expressing gratitude because people were there for you. You needed their assistance. And I I highlighted that in the book. I hope you're okay with that because I used a highlighter in your book. But I was like, this is the way to think about gratitude that I hadn't thought of before. Right, This beautiful way of expressing gratitude is saying, you helped me in that way. And that is a very magical way to look at gratitude. And a lot about what you said too, about the science behind gratitude. What I love about this project is um, it gives you a purpose to the writing. Not everybody's into a gratitude journal. Some are like me. I've been doing it for 10 years every night. But this gives you a way to connect with people, to write however you choose. And then like you said, choose to send it or not. We'll be right back to the podcast in just a few short moments. My friends, I have a gift for you. I created a beautiful gratitude meditation that you can download directly to your phone. What I love about this gratitude meditation is that it's a great way to start your day And I encourage you to turn your phone on airplane mode before you go to sleep. And the nice thing about having a meditation that's downloaded to your phone is that you don't need to turn your phone off airplane mode before you start your day with gratitude. So to access this gratitude meditation, please visit bit.ly forward slash gratitude love letter. It's all one word and gratitude, love, and letter are all capitalized. So that's bit.ly forward slash gratitude, love letter. As a bonus, I'll be sharing with you my weekly gratitude, love letter into your inbox. It's something that will bring joy and happiness. And of course, gratitude to your inbox every single week. That way you'll never miss another episode of the podcast you'll hear about other podcasts and blogs and articles that I find interesting and want to share with you. And I also share some of my favorite photos that I've taken that week. So if we're not connected on social media, you'll get the best of wake up with gratitude in your inbox as well. All right, friends, let's get back into this episode of the podcast.
1: Well, I'm glad that spoke to you. I mean, one of the lessons I've tried to teach my kids, which was not, it was not obvious, was that when they have problems, it's actually a kindness to ask their own friends for help, for advice, you know, because what, and what I've tried to explain to my girls is when you do that, you're signaling that they can come to you when they need advice and they need support. And that's a gift. I mean, what's more frustrating than when you can see somebody right in front of you who needs your help and is refusing to ask for it or needs advice that you want to give them, but you're going to keep your mouth shut until they ask for it. We try like we try to do that. Yeah. Moms aren't always so good at that. But um <laughs> yeah, moms but and sisters, it, it's right? It's a way to yep. strengthen a bond. And I I just think, you know what I've always said to my kids is they've been so blessed they have lovely friends and i say like if one of those girls felt stuck the way you're feeling stuck wouldn't you want them to come to you wouldn't you want them to come to you for a for a reminder that they they are loved that you know so why would you prevent why would you not do that to them and um i I mean, I'm American. We have Independence Day. The idea of admitting your deficiencies and admitting you can't go it alone is kind of an American value, which sucks because it prevents people from building deeper connections and part of the research I looked at was because one of the things I was so scared about was that this book would come out and be people be like she's a gratitude super taster you know she she experiences gratitude differently no wonder the letters worked for her and I wanted to make sure that this was quantified and that there was lots of data showing that this approach would work and so I was looking at levels of expression of gratitude what groups of people who you know experience it or need it and one of the things that came through was that american men in particular are have a very difficult time with this concept because or tend to have a more difficult time because of this notion of you know being independent being strong men being you know being uh, pulling yourself up by your bootstraps and this exercise requires you to say not only could I not pull myself up by my bootstraps I had to borrow the boots so you know it, it's a tough thing but I was so pleased because I just recently saw somebody who had reviewed the book a reader who was a man and said if you are a man and you're scared to do this like come come on in the water's fine like you're going to be fine if you try this and Some of the most beautiful responses I've heard, I mean, I always say I'm so glad I didn't write a story about true crime because I feel like at readings, people would be telling me about murders. And instead, what I get to hear is I sent a letter to my Aunt Mabel and she was so happy that she showed all her friends and then she wrote me back. So I just hear these beautiful stories of helpful people who have been properly acknowledged and the impact that that had on them. And um, I love that. And it makes me so happy to think that these letters oftentimes then cause a ripple effect. You know, the, the Aunt Mabel decides to write a letter. So it's pretty cool. It but is do you, now cool. should we talk about forgiveness? Yes, I was
0: gonna say. This. So we're gonna, no. we're gonna finish off with this part on forgiveness. And okay. the reason is, so the reason why it, so you know how when you write a book and you're like, did I really like, how is that person picking up on this? I didn't, that's not really what I wrote. So the reason is, and I'm going to be a little bit, you know, vulnerable in this part, is that I, I am estranged from my parents. You know, we went through a very difficult time. Uh, we bought a house together. We no longer live together. They left about a year ago. It was not a good situation. We just sold the house. It's we're finally, you know, moving forward. But I am estranged from my parents. So when the first two letters you wrote were to your parents, I was like, I really like this project, and I'd really like to do it. But I was like. I don't know how to write these letters because I, I see that like the letter writing process could actually be part of me working towards forgiveness, which I've been working on for sure. But then I just don't even know where to start. And then is it, are these the letters that I don't send? Like I really struggled with just even starting the project because Mm -hmm. that's my reality today as I.
1: So here's two pieces of pieces of advice. One is don't start with those two letters because writing your letters is building those neurons that recognize that what the researchers say is the neurons that fire together, wire together. So with every letter that you send, you are getting better, more efficient, stronger, faster. If you used to watch the bionic man, um, at, uh, just speaking of a Gen X reference, you're getting better at recognizing reasons to be grateful. So why would you start with the two hardest ones? Why don't you work up to that? And, um, you know, the the person who I mentioned in the book when it comes to forgiveness, if you had told me in January of 2016 that I was going to put this one person on my list to write a thank you letter to, I would have laughed you out of the room. This was somebody who was a close friend of mine through high school. We were super tight after college, completely lost touch, and he basically ghosted me. And this was an 80s ghosting, so it was very cutting edge at the time. Um you know, I just could not, I was like, how come my friend won't talk to me anymore? And so for 30 years, I was resentful. I really nursed that ember of resentment. I put a lot of time in, and thought into what, like, what did I do wrong? And so I wrote my easy letters for me. I'm, I was very close to my mom and dad. So those were and my siblings. So it was easy to write those. And, you know, I got through, I got through, and then I was probably at about letter 35 and at that point, to think about who has helped shaped and inspired me was just second nature. And I thought, my goodness, I might not be con- in contact with him now, but in the years when we were friends, he was a- an amazing friend. He did all three of those things for me, so I was able to spend a week thinking about that friendship, thinking about you know, it had a discreet end. It didn't. It doesn't live any. You know, it didn't live anymore. But when he was my friend, he was super. Um, he was just a a great support to me. So I wrote, and I knew I could write the letter and not send it. So that's what I did. And about, and, and, and when I finished writing the letter, it was so funny because I thought, oh, it's not weird that he stopped talking to me after high school. It's weird. He stayed friends with me through the end of high school because I was never as good to him as he was to me. He was a much better friend to me. And I felt not only did I forgive what I perceived as his poor treatment, of me, but I also had this sense of, you know, I I had to forgive my younger self too, you know, I did the best I could when I was 16, 17, 18, wasn't great, but, you know, learn the lesson and move on. So there was this sense of self-forgiveness too, I think. And that came through in a couple of other letters too. Um, But the thing that's interesting is about three weeks after I finished that letter and filed it away, who reached out on social media to find out, you know, what was up and so he that friendship roared back to life because I think if he'd gotten in touch with me prior to me putting in the time of of thinking about the friendship and writing the letter, I would not have been happy to hear from him. I still would have been really pissed. But as it was, I was like full of joy to hear from him and it's really been One of the gifts of my 50s is to have this friend back in my life. He's been to California and met my family, and we text now and again. And, you know, I just think that when you can practice forgiveness, you create space for more gratitude. I don't think you necessarily need to start with the forgiveness piece of it. And and actually, I don't think you need to start with the happiness piece of it either. I always Mm -hmm. say to people, if you're doing this because you want to get happy, like just the gratitude, the only thing you can control is the gratitude piece of it. Mm -hmm. And I think the happiness and forgiveness will flow from that based on my experience, based on the research and based on the experiences of other people who have done this. But all you can control is the gratitude. So start there The other thing is, as you say, you could write the letter and not send it. But honestly, I would not start there. I would start like what I've been saying. I've been doing a lot of speaking to groups, just virtual groups, school groups and um, community organizations. And what I say to them is make a list of the first five people you want to hug without a mask when the pandemic is over. Okay. those are probably people who should get a gratitude letter from you.
0: I can start with that. Yeah. It, and that was so helpful. Thank you.
1: I feel like you just, you know, gave me permission to start in a different way. And nobody needs to, it, to think uh, of that. The last thing I wanted to write yeah. was a book that made you feel like crap because you hadn't kept up, you know, that's fair. enough. Yeah, Full disclosure. Yeah. I didn't handwrite my letters. If you're thinking you can't do it because you're not going to handwrite them, neither could I, I typed mine. Second, it took me more than a year. Um, I There was a big loss that I write about in the book mid-year, and I couldn't write anything for a little while. So it took me a year and a half, and now I just do it. I'm still doing it, you know? I still, when I think I'm having a bad day, when I can feel the shoulders creeping up, and I'm starting to feel really negative, I'm like, all right, stop. Who have you not written a thank you letter to? Or who do you want to go back for a second round? Because I think we probably, I hope for everyone listening, that, There are people who surfaced during the pandemic as the the people who helped us get through. You know, that friend who dropped off toilet paper on your patio or the friend who, you know, just texted you and let you know that they were thinking of you, even though you couldn't see each other. I think there could be a ton of letters that come out of the pandemic, probably not this month, but maybe in like two years or five years or 10 years.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I do think, I like the idea that you know you, you kind of set a goal and then you can just keep doing it. And that's what I love about gratitude to me is that it's a practice. So, mm-hmm. oh, Nancy, you've given us so much to think about. I love that we brought the science into of gratitude into this. And I love the guidance around the project. And it's, you know, it's your project, right? Like your project was yours. My project is mine. Right. And that's what's amazing about it is we can choose, I love, you know, we have this resource, the Thank You Project cultivating happiness, one letter of gratitude at a time. Uh, I'm guessing it's available at all your favorite booksellers, but if they want to find you
1: specifically in your website, where do we go to find you, Nancy? The best place to go is davisco.com. So D-A-V-I-S-K-H-O.com. And from there, you can get to the book, the blog, and the podcast. That's the front door.
0: Perfect. And I love supporting other authors by purchasing the book from their website if that's possible. That might not always be possible depending on where you live in this beautiful globe of ours, but I as an author myself, I love it when people purchase directly through me. That's great. That supports the author as well. Um we can check out your podcast Midlife Mixtape uh on your all your favorite apps. I'm assuming you can easily find it. I can't wait. I'm going to link us to episode 1 cuz I'm going to listen to that myself. Thank you. Thank you for this time together. I flew by. I probably
1: could talk to you for another couple of hours. Well, Julie, thank you so much for having me on the show. And I appreciate everybody who's listening in. And um, I wish you lots of reasons to be grateful. I, I, I hope you're surrounded by them if you look closely enough. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks a lot.
0: Thank you for listening right to the end of the podcast. I hope this episode inspired you to choose to practice gratitude in different ways than you might have before. If you're not already following the podcast on your favorite app, all you have to do is click on the check mark or plus sign under the wake up with gratitude podcast name to make sure that you're alerted of all the new episodes. If you really enjoy this podcast and want others to hear about it, it would mean so much if you could leave a review on your favorite app. Your review can help others to find the podcast and start to join us in choosing to wake up with gratitude every single day.